Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Up to 90. As usual, we've been chatting for about 65 minutes before we started to press, before we press record. From now on, we just need to press record the second one of us says hello. I know. I nearly suggested it, but I just didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance. Because there's no difference between, it's just like there's no delineation. It just bleeds into one another. Podcast talk, non-podcast talk. I know. Ah, well. Up to 90, up to 90, up to 90 with Emma and Julie. Babes. I'm good. I'm loving the WhatsApp group. Oh my god. Now sorry, this is not a plug. Legitimately no. loving the WhatsApp group. Because you know the way it's just you you do you join a WhatsApp group and it's automatically mute. You might dip in every every now and again. But the quality. So sorry, so we have somebody listening to the podcast who could potentially have had children with Michael Bublé. Yeah. Real possibility. Another one having an orgy with all the members of the Coronas. Yeah. I just, it's, I cannot, like, it's just Chef's Kiss WhatsApp group. It's unbelievable. It is Snow- Chef's Kiss. Yeah. Snow Patrol uh, made an appearance as well. Now, I missed that bit because I've, yeah. I don't I know, I, you probably, I know you've missed my WhatsApp audios, but I've been without a phone for a couple of days, but I finally got sorted with the new phone, so I'm delighted. So I missed that bit about the Snow Patrol. Oh, it's, I'll, I'll, um, I'll take some screenshots and send them on to you. Okay. A little yeah. bit of no, But honestly, the WhatsApp group is just, uh, guys and gals, you're absolutely bringing it. It's just quality entertainment. And who brought it? I think was it Louise that brought it to our to our attention about the Shane Ritchie story. Oh my God, Louise's message was so funny about Shane riding the ones in Butlins about six women, and I was like, "This cannot be." But then I looked it up, and Louise, you were right on the money. Now, first of all, Shane Ritchie is he the same man as Danny Dyer? Have we ever seen them in the same room at the same time? I just think, is it just me, Emma, or is Shane Ritchie and Danny Dyer, like, are they just interchangeable? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, hang on, we have to, we have to just start at 
start of this story about the orgy with the six women when he was a teenager in Butlins, it said in the article that it's it's now come to light. And I'm like reading and it's come to light because Shane himself wrote about it in his book. I said it. And we've only yeah. we've only delved into the book now because he's on I'm a Celebrity. None of us bothered to read the book until we heard he was on I'm a Celeb. And then we're like, okay, now we finally discovered this purely because nobody had read the book previous. But yeah, hilarious. It was the most, it was, did you read it? It was so, so funny. He talked about how he was an old blue coat when he was, when he was 16. And then he went off, he met these six girls and they called themselves the sexy six. And they were from, do you want to take a guess what part of England? Um, I don't it's got sex that. in it. Middlesex. Oh, good, good guess, but no, Essex. Oh, uh, okay. when you think about it, yeah. So they called themselves the Sexy Six, and they were all blonde. Now, does this sound like a real story to you? Recalling his orgy, Shane said one week in July, a group of six girls came down from Kelmsford. They called themselves the Sexy Six and they were all blonde. So straight away I'm like, this story does not have the ring of truth. Okay, but anyway, they invited me to a club. I said I'd bring some mates along, but they told me I should come on my own. It's Do you just, think it happened, Emma? I think, I think what happened was he at most had a quick smooch, a stolen kiss, if you will, of some girl from Essex with ash blonde hair. That's what I think happened. And she was I probably, I think she was probably about 15 years his senior, you know, had recently split up with the fella, had a one, one too many sherries and said, Jesus, I was wearing the face off that young fella last night. Fucking hell. And la- but laughed about it. Do you know what I mean? Wasn't too hard. In yeah. Oh. oh, Jesus. You know. It's like, it's like, yeah. Yeah, because she said something to him, like, which she had no plans of carrying through. She said something to him, like, Jesus, I'd love to take you. I'd love to take you back only for all the girls are there. That's what she said. And she had no intention of doing that, but she, it was just something funny and flourishy to say when she was hammered. The reality was she just wanted to go back and have a packet of crisps and a bit of toast with the girls. Like the rest of us. That's get what that, happened. Get that back. Yeah. Get that batch loaf, an ironing board and a bottle of warm Sauvignon Blanc and just go back and say, oh, my God, girls, that child in the blue coat, you know, the yeah. one who was there with the blue coat. I shifted him. But the fact that he everyone's going to gonna choke. Sticks. He, did, he couldn't even say two, yeah. two, like two, six. It had to be the sexiest number. Six. Sexy six. No, I do think, yeah. It no, I definitely made think, it up I mean, on the spot. Like who, what six women do you know? Like, okay, say in your early 20s, you and five of your mates who all have the same hair colour go on holidays to Butlins and have an orgy with a teenager. With one teenager. No, 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 no. I mean, no, come on. Sorry. Well, first of all, it would never happen. We've all read the Daily. Does anyone want to be that Daily Mail woman? I mean, seriously, I totally agree. I think definitely just one woman with kind of ash blonde hair 
like maybe you know there might have been an L kind of beat the snapper situation who knows and for Shane things got skewed I really don't think the orgy happened. I do think as well, the story sounds very not thought true. I don't think he wrote this paragraph with a view to people later dissecting it on a formerly 90s podcast. So if we're really going to dissect it, I do feel the ghostwriter was like, Shane, I've got 10 minutes. And he's on the phone. He's like, okay, what about this? Uh, One time when I was 16, there was this group, they're called the Sexy Six. And they brought me back to the room. And Where actually, were they from, Shane? Where were they from? Um, um, Essex. And then hilariously, I had to laugh. He says, because this is another bit of the extract. He says that at the club, they offered him a tab. Of, so like he, he's using the word tab. Clearly this man is for real here. He's legit. He uh, They offered him a tab of what he says he presumed was speed. Shane knew it was supposed to make you give, make you have more energy and make you high, but it just made him extremely randy. He went with the women to their holiday chalet and things got saucy. He said he ended up in a room alone with one girl he had had his eye on all night. And then he goes on to say that basically, between the long and the short, but pardon the pun, uh, he said that, uh, what was it? He was passed around from girl to girl and he described it as being like an X-rated tag match. The following morning, he said he felt used and abused, but they had all had a fantastic night. The cheeky actor also talks about moonlighting as a gigolo for £20. Emma, he was, what's that about? I'm sorry, but like, it seems... Dale getting referred to as Cheeky Chappy. Is he not in his 50s at this stage? I know. Well, I presume he was younger. So look, and by the way, we'll not judge him at all for being an El Chicolo, even though I do think it's such a silly word. It really is. But look, you know, that's another story. So yeah, he acted, so he was a Chicolo, moonlighted as a Chicolo for £20. His week's wages with wealthy women in their 50s. Wow. I do. No, I definitely just want to come back to what I said initially, which was Danny Dyer and Shane Ritchie. Have we ever seen them in the same room? Well, did Danny Dyer do a dad's doorstep challenge? Did he? I don't know. Did he? I know Shane obviously did a few. Oh, of course. Shane did it. I quite like Shane Ritchie. Like, I like him to the extent I'd be happy enough to have a carvery with them. You know, like in a carvery, there's something to do through the whole process. I don't know how I'd feel about sitting down and ordering a meal with them, but I'd be quite happy to get in the queue, move through the queue, you know, mid-sentence, can I get mash yeah, and roasties? Both, you know what I mean? That's all cool. You both reach for the lemon meringue. You have a giggle. Slide yeah. along the tray. The, the, the carvery chef is like, sorry, Shane, would you mind just moving your tray down? He's like, oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> and imagine, It'd be all that kind of thing. Imagine you're in the queue and, and you then Shane, can see women wanting to get selfies. Oh, well, the sexy six would definitely be. Oh, I'll give you some sexy six. You'd have to take the picture and, sorry, do do you mind if, could I, of course, my darling, of course, of course, my, no, not at all, of course, my darling, what's your name? What's your name, sweetheart? What's your name? Oh, Maria. 
Oh yeah, well there is a, there's a whack of Keith. To, there's a whack, and I mean this in the best possible sense. Yeah. There is a whack of Keith Duffy of Shane Ritchie. Like he definitely have no problem with like the ladies now doing an old cheeky grab. <laughs> oh hello, like a bit of you know he really wouldn't you know he'd be like oh you're sprightly ain't ya? How old are you eighty two? Nah, you're not yeah. a day old of fifty. That kind of thing, like just very. Oh yeah, is this? Is oh, this... your sister? She's your mum. Yeah. No, and speak, speaking of speaking of which, apparently in the autobiography as well, he said that he once wait for this. Mm. He's also claiming that he once did the naughty with a mum and a daughter. He met them at a bingo. No, it's the it's the people that yeah. say this are just complete fantasists aren't they no. I'm telling you the ghost writer was like Shane okay we've got two chapters to write I'm using the biggest font that I can I've already included about 17 pages for this chapter alone pictures of yourself and Colleen we, we've done the Alfie Moon stuff okay we've got a couple of chapters on Daz I need something more and he's like okay what about this I once had sex with a mother and a daughter like it's definitely that's that was the writing process there for sure, and you know what the carvery when he gets extra when Alfie Moon asks for extra gravy, and the poor old carvery chef there's this bit of splashback onto the whites, and he says I've got just the thing for that. You know what would happen, Emma, and he whips out a box of Daz. Like you just know it. Colleen is going to be absolutely stone broke from voting for Liz McDonald. Honestly, no, she's just going to vote for anyone, ABS, anyone but Shane. I like Liz, but I think it's a bit like me and you. It's like any good double act. Liz needs jam. Doesn't she? Jam. Well, look, I think we were. I love that. I think. Who's going to shout that at her? <laughs> All I can remember from the 90s, well, I'd say one of five things, but one of them was definitely um, Jim just <laughs> shouting after Liz as she crawled away from him. That was just the, that was their central storyline. Like Liz was just like constantly crawling. And obviously, you know, a very serious storyline and all the rest, but I can just remember the patriotism in my house, like everyone just mortally offended that the drunkard, the drunk domestic abuser was the only Irish man in the show. I know. And then we were just kind of like, oh, he, he's from Northern Ireland. It's fine. He's from Northern Ireland. But you yeah, and then you're like, well, he was obviously a prod because he was in the army. Look, it's grand. None of us need to have a look at our own behaviours. And, you know, definitely nobody in this house has a problem with alcohol. It's fine. But he wore that jacket, that brown leather jacket that was like a couch. Oh my God. It just looked like it was covered in food stains. For the 15 years. But Jim MacDonald was a great actor. And what he really had that a lot of other people in the business don't have is he had the shoulders. Because when he was shouting a lot of it, he wasn't just shouting her name. He was throwing his shoulders into it. Do you remember them shoulders? Oh yeah. Dude? Well, I think it's a nor. I think it's a naughty thing because Liam Neeson has great. Liam Neeson mm-hmm. has great shoulders as well. 
I know since cancelled, but look, he does have great shoulders for sure. I mean, I do think with Liz, like ultimately, I just think if you have to divorce a man twice, like you need to look at your own behaviours here. I, I don't think it's fair we put it all on Jim. Judy, I've completely cracked it. So do you know the way you often hear people kind of like, they'll make a joke about Fair City or soap actors or whatever. And obviously little pavos like us are like, "Eh, excuse me, I'd love to get a gig on any of those shows. I know now how we can become soap stars and get ourselves on one of these shows. We just have to keep shouting the name of our friend or our significant other. That's all they did. If you think of Deirdre, can, can. And then Liz, the neck, Jim, oh my Jim, God. And her yeah. neck, her neck pulls something. That's all they did. All they did was just shout people's names. That's all you've got yeah, to do. Yeah, I think that's, I think Coronation Street is ultimately the reason why we all ended up going for the men who were just perpetually emotionally unavailable. Because for us, all we had grown up with was like, okay, how do you communicate with your partner? You just keep shouting his name over and over again I'm just I'm going to put together a show reel of me just shouting different names and being more dramatic as the thing goes on and I I swear I'm going to be on Fair City in the new year oh it's gonna listen how are nine how let's now now that we're talking about how have neither of us ever been asked to go on Fair City how like sorry but we're the obvious choice I know. What, I would think your, we have, what would your character be? Well, I mean, you know me. I think we have discussed this maybe. Do we discuss it on an extra episode where I was saying that I would definitely be the, the emotional wreck mother who is just trying to do the best for my kids. And you would be that kind of just ever so slightly a flourishy barmaid, but you'd kind of cross the line. So oh, I'd yeah. be there with my father like look I'm just really worried about Sophie because I just think her reading should be better like she's in senior infants now and then you come over and say to my fella oh is it younger looking you're getting and then he'd laugh and you'd laugh and then you take her order two coffees please and then you walk away and I say was that necessary and then he says well what can I not talk to women anymore and then he'd grab his jacket and store up and then the camera would end on your face, just giving a cheeky smile. Mm. And I'd love to do that. You know, that kissing that they do on soaps, but they're actually not kissing. They're just holding each other's faces and they have their mouths open and they're just doing a lot of weird breathing and moving their heads. <laughs> you know, when they all do all that. Yeah, you'd be great at that. Yeah, you don't they're... like touching. No, so it would be. No, it's your dream. Yeah, no, their lips never, their lips must never touch. But there's just a lot of like putting fingers in hair and holding faces and (gasps) a lot of that and biting lips. Yeah. I think I'd be really good at that. Well, a lot of quivering. I think there's always a lot of quivering. And then we could have a scene with you when you, when you finally find out about it. Well, what I know, what I'd love though, prior to that, prior to me finding you in a quivering embrace with the love of my life, what I'd love is that moment of, you know, like that moment of naivety. 
that comes with the character whereby, so like, obviously, you know, we know what's coming, like the affair is reaching a crescendo. Mm. And, you know, I, I say to my mate, you know, I call my friend around, we're having a cup of tea in the sitting room. I say, no, I, I really feel we've turned the corner. Like things were bad, but I just think now yeah. it's made us stronger than ever. I don't know what was bothering him. He was just working a lot. He was under so much pressure from his boss, but I just think we've turned a corner. Like if we can get through that period, we can get through anything. <laughs> and then that's going to be the start of the episode. Then we're going to have the quivering embrace and me with my furrowed brow. And then as you say, like me just going to, do you know what, what, what I would actually be doing? I would be going with the photos that I printed off, off to the equivalent of Tiger to get a cheap frame, to put the picture, <laughs> the family, the family photo in the frame just as a, as a surprise from Sophie for daddy. So I've got, you know, the, I've got Sophie's handmade card, you know, I love you, daddy, one hand, and I'm clutching the picture in the other. I'm just on my way to Tiger and I'm smiling for no reason. They're always smiling. <laughs> They're always smiling for no reason. And then I round a corner and there you are. And I just turn because God forbid you see me and I slide down that wall. And then the final shot is just the photo in the puddle. And I love you, Daddy, just floating yeah. away. And I, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but would it be possible for you to have, like, you'll be fine, but would it po- be possible for you to have an overdose and your daughter, Sophie, to have an English accent for some reason? And she, oh, she God, an English accent. You're really testing me now. I know this series is set in Manchester, but this is just... And she phones, um, she phones somebody and she's like, Mama's, Mama's not waking up. Mama's not waking up. Mama's she's poorly. asleep. Mama's Mama poorly. Is asleep. <laughs> and it's me. It's me. It's me, the slush. Oh, comes. Jesus. In the, in, oh, my God. It's Auntie Emma. Auntie Emma. <laughs> What'd you do us? Julie, no. What about Sophie? <laughs> <laughs> so we got to be on that. Well, that'd be a nice, that'd be a nice twist having you having you in the ambulance with me. And so I want Sophie and then you'd be to like, be oh, about. Sorry, Julie, I love Yeah, I want Sophie to be like about eleven, but they're getting her to play a much younger child. You know that kind of way. I know. I was going to say Sophie's hit puberty and she's like, look what I coloured in for you. You're like, what? No wonder mummy was... No wonder. And then, and then of course, the fellow would be like, I can't help how I feel. And then you're just... And then cut to you just smiling in the corner. <laughs> but all this, obviously, it goes like saying all this would happen at Christmas. Obviously. You know, I mean, it would have to be Christmas morning and Sophie's still, Sophie's waiting for the Santa gift. (laughs) All of that. Oh, well, I'm glad we workshopped this anyway. I know. If somebody doesn't take us up on this, bigger fool you. Actually, speaking of England, I got a message from Uber today and I was like, give it up. Who's driving? Who's traveling anywhere? 
come on. But anyway, so they messaged me and it did get me thinking about my last taxi experience in Dublin, which was, of course, back in February. And I did have a bit of a giggle. I'm sure this has happened to listeners as well. But I got out of the taxi and uh, like the taxi was, say, 18. It was something like 17, 18 euro. And I gave 20 euro and I was like, um, thanks so much. Keep the change. And your man was like, no, that's ridiculous. Just please. No, this is ridiculous. So we kind of did that real Irish thing of, no, 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 that's too much. And you're like, it's not too much. Just keep it. Honestly, I know what I'm doing. It tips the tip. You've earned it. Blah, blah, blah. It was only when I got out of the taxi, it's like, oh, I ordered this on Halo. So I prepaid for it. So he was like, there's no need for a 20 euro tip. And oh, I was like, please, I insist. <sighs> Money bags. Money, 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 baby. I know. And then it's gas when it comes to that at tax time of year. And you're like, where did my money go? And then you're like, oh, because I keep forgetting I've prepaid. So I keep just giving taxi drivers 20 euro tips each time. I'm sure it's happened to other people. It. I mean, I know. I know we say it for a lot of things, but that is classic Judy. It is a classic duty moment. Burning a hole in your pocket. Imagine you got pregnant straight away. Oh, do you know what, Ted? But given my egg count, Ted was such a like against the odds kind of a kind of a thing. I don't know. I think Ted's gonna be our only one. What are you basing this egg count on? I'm basing it on actual medical evidence. Sure, I was doing the I I did the old egg count last year. Do you remember when I went sure went to the gynecologist, went back to the GP, shout out to my GP, did the old egg count. We were all involved. Um, the nurse took my blood and whatever. You know the way they can tell, obviously, what your egg count is based on taking your bloods and testing at different times of the month. And this was the same nurse, of course, when I did my smear, smear test. She had inserted the, what do you call that contraption thing that they put up you for a smear test? I want to call it... A platypus. Some, furry friend. I don't know what. I, it's, it's, some, it's, a, it's called something. It's like, like an umbrella. It's like they put an umbrella up and then decide to open it. I mean, that's essentially what it is. I feel like it is called something close to platypus. I'm going to look it up. Oh, yeah. Somebody has looked for this before. Instrument used in smear test. A speculum. Look, you were right on the money, Emma. You're right. That does sound thank, like platypus. Thank you. But when it's she like had this, when she had the speculum inserted, and obviously they tell you to relax, and you're like, it's a bit hard because there's a platypus up by vagina. But uh, she had the speculum up there, and then she copped my surname. She's like, wait a minute, are you Johnny's daughter? And then started to talk oh, to me about how lovely my dad was, and. Then it turned out that she loved potatoes, so dad brought her potatoes and all these kind of in-jokes. The last person I want to talk about during a smear test is my father. Um, but no, it was the same nurse involved. So look, I did, but sure, I'm hardly going to have a high egg count. Like I got my period when I was nine. I'm nearly 37. I've been saying that for four years, but it's finally true now. I am nearly 37. Yeah, but so of course gonna, it's not going to be high, high. It's not going to be high, but you've an average amount for a woman of your age. See, I never know. Like, is that the case? I always thought that, like, if you had your period younger, you've even less. I thought it was your menstruating years that they count rather than your chronological age. I think that's it. 
But it just depends. I mean, some people, it depends on the person. It's usually the well, best way to judge it is your, your genes, like, you know, how long. Well, I tell you this much. If anyone listening to this is has been told recently that they have a low egg count, do you know what? It doesn't matter a damn because so many friends of mine have been told they have a really high egg count. Others have been told they have a really low egg count. And just, I think you get there in the end regardless and honestly, I kind of think sometimes a very good friend of mine said when I was going to get all this stuff checked out, and I know it reaches a point that you do want to get this checked out and you want to be informed. But she did make the point that sometimes I think information can kind of nearly bog you down a bit, that you get caught up in the facts. Yeah, I know you'll get mean, there. Yeah. You'll, like you'll get you'll get there in the end. You know, you can drive yourself mad with the numbers, but you, you will get there in the end. Now, in saying that, Fred would like everyone to believe that, like, he brushed up beside me on the bus and suddenly I was pregnant. <laughs> and Garo did make that point, Garo Farley, when we were chatting to him the last week um, and we were talking about it. But, I mean, yeah, sure, we were trying for a while. I did discuss that on the up to 90, but we got there. So I don't yeah, know, but will, you, Ted, but will, you were, will there be you another were, tent? Yeah, but you were trying for a, a reasonable length of time from for somebody who'd been on contraception for probably 15 uh, years yeah yeah you see this is it when you're in second year in school and the doctor's like do you want something to stop your spots you're like yes please you're not <laughs> you're not really thinking about like fertility and how this might affect me etc but like sure I've been on the pill for so long at that stage I think it probably felt long because I think you probably decided by the third date. You were like, yeah, I'll, I'll, oh. I'll, have, I'll have this lad's baby. Listen, third date, forget it. I mean, look, I did, I did a gig. I did a gig with Fred, okay? And shout out to Grove Farley. I did a gig with him in Null and I had decided by the time he'd driven me to my own car, which was on the other side, like basically the other side of the road. At that point, I was like, he'd be a good man to have a baby with. I remember. That's, I mean, I started. I started trying then. I know. You see, that's it. You were you were trying before his sperm was anywhere near you, and that's oh, going to make know. harder. Like, that's going to make the trying, the trying to have a baby harder. I do think if you're trying to get pregnant, step one is to actually get first of all. You need him to, to text you back. Then you need to get him alone in a room. And it's just, it's all incremental. Like that's when the trying really happens at that very start. But sure, even I think like a couple of weeks after it was Easter and people were asking, how are you getting on with Fred? Blah, blah. I was like, we're trying to get pregnant. He was completely unaware. That was the first thing I said to you. I said to you, does Fred know? Like I said that to you. Well, sure, like, he doesn't sincerely. have to know everything. I mean, look, did you not hear what I said about being bogged down with information? Like sometimes information is a hindrance. Like maybe he didn't want to be informed. Maybe I was just protecting him from information. I vividly remember us meeting up and had stuff to do an episode and you were like, kind of, a, oh, you know, so much going on or whatever. And then you were like, um, yeah, me, me and Fred, um, I think we're trying to get pregnant. And I was like, does Fred know? But I said it to you like real seriously. And you were like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, we kind of. I know. No, you were just like, like, yeah, like we kind of, we, we kind of like talked about it a bit. I think the conclusion was he's, he, you'd gotten out of him that he would like to be a dad someday. So you were kind of like, great life. 
I think it wasn't even that. I think he'd mentioned something about having a nephew. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, okay, sorry. I can read between the Say lines no here. And we're, yeah. we're trying no to get pregnant. I get it. It's kind of like when people ask, you know, was this pregnancy planned? And I'm like, uh, yeah, by me. Like, <laughs> of course. Like, this was definitely a planned pregnancy. Just so you know. Just the last but piece sure, of the puzzle was Fred, wasn't it? <laughs> but it is. It, well, it's funny because, to be honest, he, like, the fact that, like, I'll send you a photo actually right now. Ted is the head of Fred. It's actually terrifying. I didn't realize this until he started, the ginger hair has just started to kick in. And Not honestly, really, no. and he's he's given me the same look as Fred. Like, do you know when I lose the plot and I'm, just like weeping and like sliding down a wall and just clutching a photo. And every now and again, Ted and Fred just exchange a look like, what the fuck? Like as for the birthday party last week, like both of them were ready to call the cops on me because they were just like this, even by your standards, this is a step too far. As you know, we are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network and there are loads of deadly podcasts on that network for you guys to tune into. And this is one that we think you might like if you want to check it out this week. I'm Connor Reed with words to that effect. How do the Victorians invent time? Where do all those pirate cliches come from? Should we all read romance novels? Why are kids so obsessed with dinosaurs? What makes the perfect detective story? What happens to culture and society in a post-apocalyptic world where everything has stopped? Words to that effect tell stories of the fiction that shapes popular culture. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts and at wttepodcast.com. Here I'm sending you a pic of Fred in his car seat. And no, I don't mean, no, I don't mean uh, Ted. I actually mean Fred. It is Fred in the car seat. Isn't he just the image of him? Well, to be honest, that's in that picture, that's the most I've ever seen him look like you. Do you think so? Yeah. Uh, well, you see, the scary thing is I've only noticed that myself and Fred look like brother and sister since we've had the baby. Like when people say, yeah. oh, look at him with the red, like we we do look like siblings. That's what I was kind of trying to tell you there. Yeah. Did you hear that story how I sent my dad a picture of Ted and didn't realize that my nipple, like not like a little bit, like I said, I sent you the orange. Yeah. I mean, how much like. That was like my nipple and a little bit of Ted. Like it was the whole fucking nipple. And plus the fact because Ted is suckling. So my teeth, like you could plait them at this stage. They're just so long. It was so embarrassing. Well, I know how Janet Jackson feels now. It's all I'm saying. Like the the accidental nipple flip cost her so much. Well, sing it, sister. I feel you. Do you know actually who else is on the I'm a Celeb? Um, Vernon Kay is on I'd say he's actually getting paid an insane amount he's getting 250,000 to appear in I'm a Celeb what yeah he's he's the highest paid the last 250 see the thing I don't understand about this about these amounts 
of monies that people get. I'm like, do they just get a flat fee regardless of how long they're in it? Or do they get like a fee for signing up? And then it's like kind of they get a little like they get a little bonus for each week they stay in. Like, how does it work? Or does it matter how long you stay in? Is that just like that's how much you're getting? Fuck off. I don't know. Is it a fluffy? I mean, I would think if it's somebody that they really want to keep for the long run, that they would offer them some little perk. Because, you know, it's probably fairly easy to get kicked out of I'm a Celeb if you if you're basically just a moaning fuck and like don't get involved, you're going to be kicked out. But if they, they, there must be some incentive for some of them to stay in surely. I mean, I guess maybe for the lesser people, they wouldn't operate that way, but there's certain heads now I'd imagine they want to keep them in for as long as possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not buying that they're all staying in, you know, as long as they have to, because they just want to challenge themselves. I'd say Vernon could maybe win it this year. Yeah. I wonder how far into it now will he bring up the old oh, sex? I know. But you, you have know to bring what? it up. That was, well, I mean, of course. I'd imagine that's why apparently they've been asking him for years and he said no. And I'd imagine that's why he has been saying no because obviously it's inevitable they're going to bring this up. But like, because I felt bad. You know, people are just, when I say people are so cruel, I get that it's an obvious thing that people are going to talk about. But when she put up on his Instagram account saying, oh, myself and the girls are so excited for Vernon and blah, 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 and can't wait to watch him. And everyone started joking about the fact that obviously she had control of his Instagram account for the period that he was an highest celebrity. And they were like, Jesus, how long did it take him to clear out the DMs? But to be fair, like that was a long time ago. Wow. You know, I would say, I would say personally, you know, I know people say, oh, like, oh, you know, if they do no, that once, they'll do it again. This but, is, you're coming from celebrity couple points, like, point of view now. Celebrity couple. Can we just give, you, you and know Fred what? are both in the, in the public eye, you see. You're looking at this very differently. No, which, okay, well, first of all, on the point of celebrity couple, we did say before we started the podcast, we were talking about how deadly the WhatsApp group is, and we both said, Janice, shout out to Janice, uh, myself and Emma, our lives were made when Janice, who's our resident Canadian listener, she thought that we were celebrities, didn't she, Emma? <laughs> she did, yeah. That was a good so, day. Fact, it was a good day for both of us. No, but I don't know. Yeah, I do. Of course, people are going to make the joke. Oh, yeah, my, the I mean, Jesus. Like, that, that like was, it was ages ago. I re- Do you remember she? That was, it was the exact same time. I'm going to look up the date here. Ago, must be ten. But do you remember it was when I'll never forget. Do you remember she was on the late late promoting the parenting book, and Ryan had to ask her about the sexting, uh, and I just obviously she obviously the tour had been booked in. She was doing all the promo, all the appearances, mm-hmm. and it was the same week with this sexting scandal. And I just I really felt for her because of all weeks. So you're telling the world, okay, this is how to be a better family, and all this shit is at the fan the same week. It was just such cringeworthy viewing. I really cringed. I think it was just because the type of shows that they both presented, the family friendly, yeah, family friendly, both in the public eye was why. Um, you see, because I suppose you're one, what was her name again? Was it Rianne Sultan? Yeah, because she was good kind of 
tabloid material herself and she kind of has her own career now. There was just all those elements in it. Like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things like sexting, but it's just there were so many boxes ticked with that story that it just kind of kept going, really. Because people didn't really know a lot about their private life and they just knew that there was these two people who were in the public eye, were married, were, you know, were they both ex-models? You kind of... Oh, I'd say so. They're gorgeous. They kind of gave that impression of like, you know, picture perfect life or whatever. So I think it was just unfortunate for them that there was, you know... Well, I guess the, the... The moral of the story, though, is I suppose like if you're writing a book about parenting or whatever it might be, like you have to be very careful when you kind of set the bar quite high for yourself and your relationship and your family, because ultimately there can be no skeletons in your closet if you're going to write a book about parenting or relationships or whatever it might be. Because I think when you set the bar quite high for yourself, people you know I guess I you know I suppose it's it's just ultimately putting pressure on your own relationship and people kind of revel a bit in seeing the cracks in these type of relationships when people have placed themselves maybe on a bit of a I don't want to say a a bit of a high ground but like if you put yourself out there I think people are particularly vindictive and people take particular pressure in just picking it apart yeah. Ah, well. Ah, but I'd say we're in a minute. Years ago, yeah. So. Oh, I think so. I think I think it could be. I mean, look. To be honest, I don't know a lot of them. I went through them. Obviously, recognised Liz. Um, there was another girl from Carrie, I think, in it as well. But I haven't watched Carrie for a while. Vernon, uh, Danny Dyer, of course, is going to be in it. AKA Shane Ritchie. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. Other than that, it's it, there's no one really that I'm that familiar with. You know, there's always like a random radio one DJ that we've no clue who they are. Yeah, I know. But I'm sure they're huge in. Um, I'm sure they're huge in in England. And yeah, Asher, uh, sure, we'll we'll dip in and out. I'm sure. Will you watch it? Um. No. Will you not? No, I just... I think, like, once you kind of... I know, like, I mean, like, I will... I'll, I'll dip in and out, you know what I mean? I might start watching them, but I just... I'm at the stage now where I find it really... I'm just totally out of the loop of, like, defo committing to something at the same time every night. I know. I have like one show at the moment. Like we'll we'll always watch. Like we'll watch Bake Off on a Tuesday together, all of us, and we'll watch um, Gogglebox on a Friday together. And that's kind of like enough. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, as a commit, and and I'm a celebrity is a big commitment. That's the thing with I'm a celebrity. Yeah, and it's just. Like I do, I do enjoy it, and I spent years watching it. But um, you know, just like, oh great, like they're eating a fucking kangaroo's dick again. You know, like, 
well, yeah, I think you see, what? You know what? So gets, what else can you get them to it's eat? A, and it's all. And do I, I want but to you watch know what? It, gag? You know, it gets very, it gets very repetitive. Did you see Eamon and Ruth are gone from this morning? I thought yes. that was very big news. It was actually very big news. So Alison, is she Alison going to do it with Rylan? I, but she's doing it with Dermot O'Leary, who I love. I mean, love oh. Alison and love Dermot. Well, I, think, I, I mean, say, I think that's a great pairing. Yeah, that is very, that is very strong. Because like, well. Very strong. Alison has great um, chemistry. Comic timing. With everyone. Yes. But I think, yeah, to put her beside a pro like Dermot. That'd be really good. Like, I might even whack that on myself when I'm at home. Well, I mean, I think Alison's great and I just think Dermot is great as well. So to be honest, when I heard, I mean, you know, like Eamon and Ruth, it was a bit of a shock when I heard they were gone. But then when I heard they were being replaced by Alison and Dermot, it is that kind of thing of you haven't watched something for a while and that will make me tune in now just to see what they're up to, which is ultimately the whole point of mixing it up, that yeah. the likes of you and me are going to dip back into it. Well, I do, like I do every, I'd say every couple of months, I'll watch Alison's interview with Harrison Ford. And even like a few times I've been here with Tommy and he'll see me watching something and I'm <laughs> I've watched with Tommy, like, you know, on YouTube, Alison's best bits. And me and Tommy are about laughing at it. Like, she oh, just so, has and Tommy, Tommy's got a very elevated sense of humour. He does. But you know what I mean? She just has um, that likability. She just has that energy. It's just, you, you know, feel better you when know? you see her. Oh, yeah. Well, you just want, you, it's hard to watch Alison and have a cry and slide down a wall at the same time, which I think is the ultimate compliment she can make. Do you remember when she was on this morning and she pushed someone into the river? Do you remember that moment? Oh, yeah, I know. It's just... So she was on, do you remember she was on the, you know, obviously doing the weather and she's jumping like the little floaty thing from England to Northern Ireland. I know. <laughs> and then this guy... <laughs> was helping her and then she pushed him into the water I know and she was like oh my gosh you all right oh my god get help get help and a lot of people on tv (laughs) now on like breakfast tv and whatever they try to fake those moments of hilarity or you know corpsing or whatever and I mean, come on, even Holly and Phil are hamming some of that up. But I, I genuinely believe with Alison, 90% of that is 100% real. Like 90% of those fuck ups are 100% her fucking up. Like. Oh, no. And, you know, I just I, it's her it's her tenacity as well. Like even do you remember when Harry and Meghan got engaged and she what I love about Alison is she does give it socks doesn't she like she's running like she is running with the mic like she is getting a word in with Meghan like she does not give a fuck and she like thrusts the mic into Meghan's face she's like Megs Megs Meghan's like it's an honour to be here or something it's an honour thank you so much so happy and she's like Megs like See? elbowing people and like, Megs! Again, shouting people's names is the way to success. 
Honestly, Jin. Hello, you know who kind of reminds me of Alison Hammond just with her energy is Laura. Laura O'Mahony is a bit of an Alison Hammond, isn't she? She is. She she actually totally is. I keep watching True Crime before bed, and then you know you're you're in the bed and you're just like Fred, Fred. What was that noise? And then you're turning to your other side and I get a heart attack every time I see there's a baby beside me. I'm like, it's mine. You know, it's just like I'm I'm a nervous wreck going to sleep every night. Oh, did I ever I'm sure I told you about the time I had I'd had I'd had Ella and Ella was here and she was quite small and I woke up. Now it wasn't in the middle of the night, but say like I'd gone to bed early, but I woke up in a panic. And I used to, I was doing like a lot of sleepwalking, a lot of just crazy, like a lot of crazy behavior. But I went into like the bedrooms, whacking on the lights, looking for her. Like she is just fast asleep in her cot. Not a problem. Because I woke up from a dream that I was washing. (laughs) I was washing stuff and I was putting it on the drainer and I was washing Ella. But Ella was like the size of a pea. And then, oh my gosh, what what is a terrifying dream, Emma? uh, Yeah, and then I wasn't paying attention, and then I was afraid that she'd gone down the drain. So I woke up in a panic and I went around the house smashing on lights, going, Where's (laughs) it? And I've done a lot of sleepwalking over the years, but like, I'm I look like I'm awake. Like my eyes are open. Oh my God, that is the scariest sleepwalker. I went up to... Oh my God, you see the creeps. A couple of years ago, I went up to Ella in the attic. Like, I can't get up that fucking attic at the best of times. I went up uh, in my sleep and... (laughs) Up the styra. Went, no, it's not a styra, but it's the stairs. Like, the steps are open. Do you know that kind of way? So you really feel like, not that it's any less safe than any other stairs, but you really feel like you need to hang on to the banister when you're going up this set of stairs. But I stormed up the stairs. I'm told that I smashed her bedroom door open and turned on the light. And it's like three o'clock in the morning. I think I was shouting something about like telling her to get up for school. She was going to be late. Imagine how terrifying that is. That's like the time I woke up to my mother blow drying my hair as I slept because she kept telling me to not go to bed with wet hair. And then one night I woke up, I was in college and mom was standing over me in the dark. I was in, in my box dark. room and she turned she turned on the hair dryer. And I was like, Jesus, because obviously, you know, if you wake up and somebody's pointing a hair dryer in your face, what do you think it is? What? Like, you're not fully conscious. A gun. It's like, what are you doing? But I have to say, my my mother's standing, if if I lived in an attic and my mother had clambered up the equivalent of an Astyra stairs, her eyes wide open, slamming the door, telling me to get up for school. I think or that's something. even scarier. 
or something Use about we need we need to get out of the, we need to get out of the house now or some something panicked anyway or I shouted something rational I shouted some gibberish at her but this is this is the problem I'm totally relaxed Jay cool all the rest of it but obviously I'm just leaving all my anxieties for night so they're just coming out I was gonna say this makes me feel better so you're mm. not a robot it just no. comes out when you're asleep you would definitely be the type as well if you ever killed someone you would definitely pull that I was sleepwalking card oh totally yeah that's but such it... that's such a legally gray area yeah it's like were you were you really sleepwalking when you drove up to the whip yeah no I was and I was definitely I, still asleep I grew when I stopped for a McDonald's when I stopped for a McDonald's breakfast on the way back I was still sleepwalking just okay. so you know yeah, no, that's me. I grind my teeth, the whole shebang. But I, I'm more prone to sleepwalking when I'm extremely tired or when I've had a few drinks. <laughs> that's gas. I never knew you were a sleepwalker. I used to sleepwalk as a child, but I think I haven't sleptwalked now for a long, long time. That's I'm, so interesting. And I'm a wreck. My brothers, I think my brothers used to do it a lot. And there was one of them who used to go out to the toilet in the middle of the night. And then one night, I think he got it wrong and he pissed over the stairs onto my dad's head. Oh, my God. Do you know what? There's just got always some I think, you know, I've heard it happen so many times with men when they sleep off that they end up pissing into a drawer or something like mm. that. Like, what is it with the drawers? They always end up pissing into a drawer. I don't know because he, uh, but I don't even understand it because if I um, am in the bedroom when it's dark and say Shane's asleep and I kind of, I need to see what I'm doing, but I don't want to wake him up. I get my phone, I put like the torch on or even just like, you know, tap it so I have some sort of light. I don't like walking around rooms in the dark, but then when I'm asleep, I'm just like smashing around the gaff for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, it's yeah. weird, and you're so, and you're such a tiny little person. Like, I'm just, I'm just imagining you slamming around in your docks. It's just so strange. It is very strange. I know I haven't done it, and I haven't done it in a good while. But um, I had to. I, I, you know, I just happened upon when I was looking up some info there on this morning. I love. Do you, do you love these stories as well? I just love these stories about the pit bulls that attack the owners. So the owner's oh, here now. Constant. She's an older lady. Oh, and the dog didn't see it coming, and you're like, "But it was a pit bull! Come on!" I kind it it because at the moment as well, I'm really enjoying. Obviously, Real Housewives, big fan. But Kim. Um, who was actually Paris Hilton's auntie. So she's just got out of rehab just to paint a very a very swift picture for you. So she's just got out of rehab and she has decided now is the time to get a nose job. Oh, nice. So, I mean, clearly the nose should be the least of her concerns if she's just after getting out of rehab. But she decides, you know what? You know what's been going wrong for me all these years? Not the fact that I'm codependent with my own children. Not the fact that I have an alcohol problem. It's the nose. Like once I fix the nose, I'm good to go. She gets the nose fixed. And then this other sister, Kyle, comes to visit her. And she has a dog on the bed. So Kyle's like, oh my God, you got a dog. 
and the dog is a pit bull. So the pit bull's name is Kingsley and the sister Kyle's like, oh, well, you know, like they have a lot of energy, like you're going to have to exercise him, but I think you will. And you're like, oh, so then next thing Kim is supposed to come to a boozy afternoon tea. So she calls and says to the group, I can't come because I got hit in the face. So everyone's like, oh my God, she's been attacked. So it turns out the dog jumped up and broke her nose. So then in the next episode, the dog trainer, this is the one I'm on, the dog trainer has just arrived. <laughs> so, funny. so the dog trainer arrives and he's all like casual. He's at the door and Kim's like on a conversation in the hall. So she's talking to her daughter and she's like, I love you, sweetie. I love you so much. I love you. So God bless you. And the dog trainer's outside and he's like, Kim, Kim. And she's like, sorry, I'm just going to be what I'm just talking to my daughter. I love you so much, honey. Oh, you're a blessing. I just, I love you. So this is going on and on and the dog trainer is outside. So then Kim opens the door and Kingsley's beside her. She's like, Kingsley, stop. Kingsley, Kingsley. So she's kind of like kicking him, you know, the leg is a barrier to the door to mm-hmm. stop the dog going outside. Kingsley, no. So then the dog trainer comes in. He's like, oh, you didn't get time to put a leash on him. So straight away, this is getting off to a bad start, isn't it, Emma? They go to the sitting room. Yeah. <laughs> they go to the sitting room, and this is where I stop watching. So they go to the sitting room. Such a classic moment. I rewound it like about 20 times. It's so funny. So they go into the open plan living area. And so Kim's like saying, so this is Kingsley. And next, next oh, no. Kingsley attacks. So the dog trainer like kicks the dog, like proper now kicks the dog in the face. And it's like, get off, down, resist. Like, you know, all these like real military, like American military terms, resist, you will resist. And all this kind of stuff. And then, so the dog anyway, eventually sits and Kim is standing there with the leash and her nose which has like just been freshly done and she's like I'm scared I'm scared it's just so funny it's like Kim why did you think a pit bull was gonna make you stay sober but anyway, that's as far as we got. I'll let you know if there's any more developments of Kingsley. But you just know she wants to give that dog back. Like she's just standing there quivering, dare I say. And you like, just know, she's like, please, can I send this dog back to the pound? It sounds like but she how was, do I do this? Because I'm in a reality show. It sounds like she was scared for her nose. Like that was kind of. Well, I mean, you don't, you don't want it to get broke a second time. Oh, God, you just fucking forget about the nose then. But it's just so funny when she's like, I'm scared. And it's like, well, that dog is sleeping on your bed. Jesus Christ. But anyway, look. So, look, more Pitbull action on the Daily Mail. If you want to check it out, um, we'll be dipping out of I'm a Celeb. Um, Fair City, please get in touch or any soap. Um, to be fair, we're not pussy. No. We've workshopped the plot lines. You've very little to do. All you have to do is cast us. That's it, really. I mean, we've done the work for you. I mean, what more do people want? We're not gonna we're not we gonna we're not gonna type up the scripts, but we'll send you like an audio. 
Yeah, Ultra the Old. Into, honestly, you can put that into Google and get it typed up, can't you? Oh, it's, it, I think that's the thing now, actually, is transcribing audios, mm. which I think is a bit dangerous. I don't really want somebody to be able to take my audio, put it into Google and see it there in print. There's something about talking about sending your dad a nipple picture, but actually seeing it in print, it just feels like a different thing. Yeah. I don't think you want the words my nipple and my dad that closely. Never, never together. Always far apart. Now, I'm speaking of far apart. We're far apart, but I always feel like you're so close to me. And now we're going to end this podcast. We are. We're going to end it now. It's over now. It's over. Yeah. Many thanks to the patrons. We love the patrons. Thank you so much um, for making our dreams come true. We really, really appreciate it. We do. We really do. We love you so much. And look, if you can't, you know, if you can't stretch um, to the five euro, that's no problem. Maybe you could what you could throw us an old rate and review. And you know, one thing we haven't asked people to do for a while. If you want to review us on on iTunes, you can, which is great, really helps. But if you want to recommend us to a friend, even better. That's true. So you could do that, but also we do like the money. Do Do something with your life is what we're saying. We love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Judy J. I've been Tracy Burlow. God bless. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.